Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jake Kerr, and I would like to welcome you to the 103rd episode of the Black Ink Podcast. And I just want to remind you that it's exactly that, the Black Ink Podcast. I'm not a news outlet. I'm not a media source. I am purely an entertainment faucet of your life. I am someone who somehow tripped into a position where I get to try and entertain people with my beautiful creativity or whatever you want to call it through the medium of uh, visual arts such as videos and photos. Now, the way I monetize what I do so that I can continue living is by selling merchandise or a product, which is, of course, the apparel itself. This is t-shirts, g-strings, hats, whatever it might be. That's how I you know, make my money. But the whole thing that I'm really doing here is I'm creating a community. I'm creating a community of people who are like-minded, who enjoy the things that I like doing, and who like experiencing and witnessing the things that I'm involved with via my social media platforms through all these different videos and things you get to see that I post. Now, one thing that I am not, one thing that I don't claim to be, and one thing that I will never claim to be, is a place where you should go to get reputable news or information about what's going on in the world. Now, the reason that I say this is because this past week I've been faced with a bit of a uh, trepidatious, is that the word I'm looking for? Perhaps a um, almost problematic situation where I had to both morally and emotionally make a decision. Now, I love problem solving. It's one of my hobbies. Sometimes I'll get myself into a problem just to see if I can get myself out of it. In fact, while we're on that note, I think one of my real hobbies, something that I do unconsciously, but I definitely am like a semi-professional at doing it now, is starting sentences that I don't even know what they're going to be about or how they're going to end and just letting my fucking intuition finish it for me. And it's one of those things where sometimes you get halfway through it and you're like, oh, why did I start talking about something I have no idea about? Or why did I start with so much pep and so much confidence knowing that it's not going to go anywhere and now I'm just hovering in awkward silence while this person looks at me waiting for me to tell them more about fighter jets. But sometimes it fucking pulls off and sometimes it ends up in a joke that even makes you laugh because you weren't anticipating the end of the joke. I mean, dude, what? What the fuck, right? But this past week, I noticed that I was getting a lot of traction on a particular video that I posted and it wasn't a video that I felt proud of when I posted it and as it got more and more traction I didn't really get a feeling of like oh that's cool that's because that's about something that I'm I'm about so I'm really proud or I'm really uh, you know what would you say positive about the result <clears throat> and then I noticed that some of the traction that I was getting was actually quite negative and that was in the form of comments now one of my main uh, inspirations, one of my kind of role models is Brendan Sharp. Uh, Brendan Sharp is a fighter, now turned comedian and podcast host. And I've really been with Brendan throughout the whole trans, uh, what do you call it, trans, when it, what do you, a transition from being a fighter to being someone who's purely in, in entertainment. And one thing that he always says is he posts and gets off. So he posts what he has to post and he gets off. He doesn't read the comments, he doesn't look at the insights, he doesn't look at the stats, he has a team that does that for him. But he's someone who is definitely polarizing in some of his opinions. He's someone who sticks by that kind of like boyish frat boy kind of mentality and way of life. And also, I don't know that for sure. That's just how I interpret it. But in this kind of quest that he's on or on this path that he's taken, he's created a situation where a lot of people will disagree with some of the opinions that he has. And these people tend to be very, uh, you know, they tend to 
be boisterous about it online. They like to share that opinion. And typically what will happen is if you look at any of his comment sections or if you look at any of like his YouTube comments, his Instagram comments, his Facebook comments, they're quite, they can be quite negative. And as it turns out, there was actually a whole subreddit dedicated to why Brendan Sharp is a fucking whatever you want to call him, you know? Now, to me, Brendan Sharp is an example of someone who typically seems pretty normal. I mean, I know, yeah, he was an athlete who was in the UFC and all the rest. I mean, he's not that normal. But at the same time, he's a very relatable sort of normal in that he wasn't a celebrity making heaps of money before he started doing the whole entertainment thing. Like, he really did get there through the ability to learn a new skill, to execute it really well, and to be resilient and consistent. And to take advantage of... And when I say take advantage, it's probably not the right word, to monetize and capitalize on the situations that he created around himself and thus creating now what seems to be from the outside a, a real you know the beginning of an empire he seems to have enough money to not really worry about to, to not really really worry about making more money he still does but the point is what he suggests is like putting your shit up and leaving because there is going to be a dumpster fire of comments now yes that may be something that i shouldn't uh you know bring on when I get a little bit bigger. Unfortunately, now while I'm at, you know, I cracked 3,000 followers on Instagram the other day. So it kind of gives you an idea of how much, like, you know, I've got 3,000 followers on Instagram. I've got 1,200 likes on Facebook. I've got the max amount of friends you can have on Be Real. I've got 190 something subscribers on YouTube. And I struggle to break like over 5,000 views on any one of my videos on any platform. So to completely ignore what these insights are doing and to completely ignore what the comments are, I think for me is actually losing uh, an asset in my business right now, which is exactly what my audience feels and exactly what my audience responds to the things that I'm making. Now, the real place that I found this particular video was getting this negative response was on Facebook and YouTube, two places where you really can remain like kind of semi-faceless and nameless. You can on Instagram as well, but I feel I have a bit more of an intimate connection with my uh, audience on Instagram, so it's, it tends to not be the case. I still do, do get some negativity on Instagram, but... This particular post on Facebook, I was getting people saying things that were so far irrelevant of what I'm doing that I was like, what's the point of this? Like, what's the point of not them doing that because everyone has a right to express themselves, to say what they want, to use this platform the same way that I'm using it. You know, like I treat it as just something I can continuously post all these different ideas on. You know, like, oh, here's an idea about a jersey, a G-string, a car, a motorbike, a wheelie, a burnout, a me, a this, a that, a Monday motivation. So that is freedom of speech as much as that dude who lives in somewhere in America who's got fucking four followers and, you know, has a fucking profile picture of a, of a hedgehog or something. And then him saying like, oh, you're a this, you're a that, I'd think you're a, a you're a, you know, you're a bigot, whatever it might be. He has the right to say that or she has the right to say that because I have the right to post what I want. And whatever avenue whatever expression you want to have whether it's creating content that's meaningful or makes people feel a particular way or in, encourages people to buy your product whatever it might be or if it's negative comments or if it's positive comments or whatever it is in between whatever it is for you you have the right to say that but there is two decisions that i feel are really really important here okay the first decision is once all this happens is the decision to respond. How do I treat this? How do I go about it? Do I want to be a smart ass? Do I want to address what they're actually saying? Do I want to add fuel to the fire? How do I want to go about this? And the second decision is, is it worth it? Because as a creator, you're doing me a favor. If you don't like something that I do and then you comment about it, 
Well, you've done me a favor. I actually still win because what we're trying to do is get as many eyes on that as possible. Now, specifically Facebook, if you comment something negative on my video, that puts it into all of their friends' feed. And then their friends see that, oh, this particular person is virtue signaling in this particular lane and telling this person exactly their opinion. I'm going to go in there and tell my friend why they're wrong or why they're right. I'm going to continue to do it. And then all of you are just squirting little bits of petrol onto the flame and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm the fire. So... This negativity is like, oh, cool, you give me a pat on the back. You know, you're kind of saying like, yeah, you're doing something that is valuable enough in a particular way that I'm going to respond in a particular way, right? But when I noticed that these guys were having a conversation about something that I don't fucking care about and some of the accusations that I got from it, I was like, oh, this isn't even my fight. This is not my fight. Now, I've posted a video on my Instagram page or on YouTube or Facebook on average every day for two years now. The relationship that I have with any one video is not any more or less meaningful than the video before it and the video after it. They are all parts of a massive jigsaw puzzle that I'm trying to build. And the picture on that jigsaw puzzle when I'm done is the business black ink. So when I think about how valuable is this piece of content that's getting all of this attention, good or bad, how valuable is it? Well, it's not, it's not. Because come the end of the day, I'm going to post another video. Come tomorrow morning, I'm going to post another video. Come The whole reason that I'm making this podcast right now is so I can cut up into smaller clips and I can post them all as videos, including posting this podcast as a video on YouTube. It's a win-win, right? So I want to now reveal what this video was. And if you watch all my podcasts, you can almost guess it, right? I spoke in my last podcast sitting in this chair right here saying, hey, we're in a little bit of trouble because there's these AI robots that you know are killing humans and these people died in a laboratory the other day. There was three robots in the third one, downloaded information from the internet, learned how to fix itself, learned how to fix its buddies and then continued to do the rest. I then went on in the podcast to explain that I got caught by a video that was exactly that, that scared the fuck out of me, that encouraged me to go and do my own research and find out whether that's true or not and whether or not I should be worried. Now, as it turns out, it's an article from 2017, and as it turns out, it was a spoof article, which means obviously that it didn't happen, that someone made it up. Now, the podcast, the point that I was making in the podcast is like, we do live in a scary time. We do live in uh, a time where you have to be somewhat aware of what's going on with the technological advancements, because if you blink for even just a week, if you fucking let, you know, drop the ball on that one, it will be scary what meets you at the other side when you find out exactly what technology is being created. Now, look, it can be something that keeps you awake at night. Um, should it keep you awake at night? No. Um, it's been a fairly consistent thing for humans the past like three generations to think that they're the generation that's going to end the world. We're problem solvers. We are a species that likes to create uh, more efficiency for ourselves. And typically the byproduct, that, byproduct of that is most of the time destroying the world somehow, whether it's greenhouse gases, hole in the ozone layer, creating robots that can kill us, whatever it might be. But the point is, we typically find a way to fix that problem so we can keep doing the thing, which is living, procreating, continuing the species, right? Now, as a content creator, as someone who is trying to gain an audience, and as someone who is trying to grow the awareness of my brand, I take the juiciest part of the podcast, I make it a 30 second clip, I put some sexy trending music behind it, I put some captions down the bottom so even if you don't understand my thick, beautiful, rich Australian accent, you can still follow along the video and hopefully you go, wow, 
That was interesting enough. I'm going to check out their page. Oh, their page is interesting enough. I'm going to check out the whole podcast or I'm going to check out their website. I'm going to check out their products. I'm going to go onto their Facebook, right? And this continues on to be a beautiful kind of ladder of accessibility into my brand. So I picked the part where I'm like, well, some interesting shit happened the other day. Uh, three AI robots killed 29 people and rah, rah, rah. And of course, went off like wildfire. Because as it turns out, as people watch that, the first thing they think is like, oh no, an AI robot can kill me. Oh no. This changes everything. This pulls the rug out from my reality. I don't know what to feel. And then of course they jump on there. And I mean, for me, the first thing that I would do is Google it like I did and realize like, okay, if this was actually happening, there'd probably be a little bit more information about it. And the information that there is about it seems to be fairly fleeting and like not 100%. So you know what I'm going to do for the sake of my own sanity? I'm just going to let that go. But people don't do that. People don't go, oh, I'm going to watch the whole podcast to see what this is about. People don't go, I'm going to go into his page to see that he fucks around most of the time. So this probably isn't a 100% serious thing. They just call you, uh, you know, someone who spreads fake news and like saying that you're the piece of shit that you've worked so hard to not be. You've become that by putting things up that'll purely get your likes and views and all the rest. And to be honest with you, I held my breath when I posted it. I didn't like posting it. And most of the time I do like posting what I've made because it is at the end of the day, it's a piece of art. It's something that I've had to think about what it's going to, how it's going to be perceived, how it's going to be, you know, kind of take on what emotions does it evoke. And I didn't like it from the start. And then when I saw these sorts of comments about people saying them about me and they don't know me and everyone knows this conversation. Yeah, you get bullied online. Who fucking cares? Grow up. My business is online. If you don't expect some sort of bullying, especially with the way that I project myself and my opinions and all the rest, then I'm the dickhead in the situation, not the bully. But what they were saying about me at a fundamental level wasn't true because I am a fashion brand in Bunbury, Western Australia. The amount of information that I have on world news, artificial intelligence, robots, Japan, any of that shit is basically zero. It's so close to zero, you may as well say, for the lack of the conversation, that I know fuck all about it. Okay? And if you look at the tagline of any black ink presence, whether it's on my website, whether it's on my social medias, whether it's on any sort of physical display that I have around, none of it says, you know, leader in world news, AI technology expert. None of it even fucking dances in that area, right? But... That's not what this audience does. That's not what the people who are commenting on my shit do. They just go, oh, I can have an opinion about this and I'm gonna, da, 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 oh, oh, hello, I'm retarded, you know? So I ask myself, what's the value of this video? What do I do here? Do I respond to these people? What do I do? I fucking deleted it. I don't care. Sure, it's not true. Wow. Okay. What do you want to do? You help me on the algorithm. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those, I didn't want to lose the thousands of views that I had on this video across all the platforms. But at the end of the day, if that's the thing that pulled me apart after all of my hard work, it would be devastating because I just don't care enough, right? So, guys, I know you know, but just in case you don't, don't come to me for the news, all right? Don't come to me for the news. Now, if you want to know something about getting a fucking 2017 Softail Slim sideways as you're hanging off them ape hangers with forward controls, I'll tell you a thing or two. 
If you want to know how to pull that grom up to 12 o'clock and just sit there like it's your job, like you're getting paid to, that, 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 like that, I'm your guy. But unless it's one of those two things, highway champion, fucking highway. Now, and we've got the we've got the bureaucratic shit out of the way, all right? Get out of here like that. Get out like that. Let's get to the important shit. You know what I'm really excited about? Today is Tuesday, the 15th of November. I have registration due today. That's not what I'm talking about. But on the 18th of November 2022, the official first ever Black Ink Team Building Day is going to be taking place. Now, for the sake of the secret that I've kept from the gentlemen that are involved, I'm not going to tell you what we're doing, but I'm going to give you the same amount of information that I've given them. Now, I've had nine gentlemen all give me $500 and a full day of their life purely for an opportunity to... I mean, team build, sure. We're calling it a team building day because we needed to give it a name. But this is just a day where we get to hang out. Because you know what? We've all been to a Bucks day or a Hens day. We've all been to year seven camp. We've all been to these things where you have so much fun. It's almost unbelievable. And when you go back, when you get off the bus, when you get home, you think to yourself like, oh man, like now I've got to go back to my real life, back to my job and back to my, you know, got to do the gardening and, and feed the dog and do this. But you just like, for, for like... For, for eight hours, for 10 hours, for 24 hours, you got to be in a whole other experience. It's like your mind is a different color for those times and you're with your friends and you're having fun. And maybe you're not with your friends, but you're with one person who you vibe with and you have a great time. So I thought to myself, why don't we just recreate that and not have any fucking purpose for it? What if we just create a situation where the only thing that we've got in common is that we like black ink, we've got $500 to spend, and we have the ability to take the day off work. I think a lot of people actually have that ability. We just don't have anyone saying like, hey, I'll organize all the shit, you just give me the money, and you trust me, and we'll do it, all right? So I have seen this beautiful, unique opportunity. I have given to the universe, hey, I wanna do this. I got to talk about it on my podcast. I do a little bit of uh, marketing on my Instagram and my Facebook page, and Bob's your uncle. Here we are a few months later. We've got a date, we've got participants, everybody is paid up, everything is booked in, and we are ready to go. Now come 7.30 on Friday morning, these nine gentlemen are gonna be picked up in a limousine out the front of Trendale McDonald's. 7.30 in the morning. We are then going to drive to Perth. We're going to arrive at our first experience at 9.30 in the morning. We're going to be settled in by 10. We're going to be having that experience between 10 and 11.30. We are then going to have a fully catered, <coughs> beautiful big barbecue lunch with salads and all the trimmings or blah, 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 blah. From there, we've got an hour drive from there to the second experience. Now, the second and third experience is one that we have to stagger. We, we break off into two groups of five. And then the first group of five is gonna be doing this experience, the second group of five is gonna be doing this experience, and then an hour and a half, two hours later, they swap over, they do their experiences, we all get back in the limousine, we come home back to Bunbury. Holy shit. Now, I can't give you any, uh, I don't even wanna give you any hints, just in case the boys are watching this, fellas, I want it to be 100% a surprise, and I'm not even gonna tell them what we're doing until we arrive at the venue that we're doing it. It's not like at the beginning of the day, I'm going to be like, all right, boys, here's what we're doing, X, Y, Z. The whole day is going to be just rocking up blind. Because if you could have it any way you wanted to, that's the way that creates the most amount of atmosphere. You got all the boys guessing what it could possibly be, or oh, we got told to wear clothes, footwear, it's probably this, we're going go-karting, we're, we're doing this, we're doing that. Whatever, whatever you reckon, champion, right? You'll see when we get there. Now, this is the thing. It's almost kind of a worry, you see. 
this whole thing, of course, is to have fun with my friends, is to recreate that atmosphere and to, to really create memories and stories that you get to talk about later on. It's that cool shit. You know, no one has a cool story from something that happened between smoke home and lunch at work on a Tuesday. All right. And if they do, I'll tell you a secret. No one cares. Okay. The cool stories are made on the weekends. The cool stories are made with your friends. The cool stories are made. Remember that pre-party for this particular bloody festival where such and such did too much ketamine and ran naked down the fucking main street of Perth. That's a story, dude. So... Beside from creating an atmosphere where these stories can take place, where these events can unfold, I'm also looking to get some content, right? Now, we've got 11 people in total on this day out. You take out one of them because it's me. You take out another one because it's a driver. You take out another one because they're the photographer slash videographer, right? The purpose of the videographer and the photographer is to get all this content. It's because while all this is happening, I want to capture it. I want to be able to make cool videos from it. And also on top of that, I want everyone to be posting in their stories in such a manner where the people who are looking at those stories going like, what is going on? Like, what? why are these guys doing this on a Friday? I want you to watch any one of the participants' stories from 7.30 in the morning to 8 o'clock at night and wonder how anyone can be involved with a group of people who are doing these activities back to back and how it feasibly makes sense because it doesn't. What I have planned does not make sense. It doesn't make sense if you're on a work trip, on a buck stew, on anything. And the fact that we're also traveling in a limousine and the fact that all of us are like big tattooed guys is fucking hilarious. It is fucking hilarious. So I am so beyond excited just to see what this looks like on everyone's stories, the content that I'm going to get out of the day. And of course, just the pure excitement that you get being around fucking 10 other blokes at 7.30 on a Friday morning where you're like, you know what our job today is? To have fun, to enjoy ourselves. Dude, are you kidding me? Oh, so that's what's going on with the Black Ink team building day. And look, am I excited about it? Yeah, dude, I'm fucking half-hearted. You, talk- are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Of course, I'm excited about it. Silly question. Hmm. So I had a, uh, I had a meeting with the city of Bunbury the other day. Very interesting meeting. They gave me the green light for the black ink roller disco. And you're probably thinking, Jake, roller disco, what? Dude, this black ink roller disco is for real. Okay. So let me tell you how I picture it in my head. What my vision is, not my mission, my vision. I see a thousand people over four hours as the sun's going down in a Bunbury public Bunbury public space. I see food vans. I see street vendors. I see the whole thing is fenced off with banners all over the fence. It's free entry, right? There's a rink in the middle of it. You can go for a skate. You don't have skates. You can borrow skates. You can hire skates, right? The family comes down. They don't even necessarily want to go for a skate, but they're there for the food. They're there for the atmosphere, for the music, for the people, the, the vibe, right? And then while they're there, Little Timmy goes, well, mom, I want to go for a skate. Look at that dude in there with the long ponytail who's making it look like it's just fucking obviously easy for everyone to do. So he goes and gets some high skates. He jumps in there. He has a good time. He starts skating. Maybe he finds a new love for skating, right? Dude, I see an amazing community event where people can come and do what they were going to do anyway, which is get some food, hang out, be a part of Bunbury in general, but then also be exposed to the sport that I love so much that I still have some embarrassment within myself for being so good at it, but at the end of the day, I love skating. 
I love skating and the opportunity to share what I have with the whole community and to make it accessible, to make it realistic, right? And I know this sounds silly, but I know I'm a fairly confident person, but I know that anxiety holds me back from doing so much. Sometimes I'll go to a cafe or I'll go to a place that sells coffee. And if there's more than three people in line, I won't get a coffee. Not because I don't want to wait, because I don't want to fucking feel the anxiety that I'm going to feel standing behind three people. And it sounds ridiculous, but because of social media, because of how much attachment we have to our mobile phones and the fact we don't talk to people while we eat dinner anymore is the reason that people can't fucking bear to be in silence or have nothing to do for a couple seconds. And what I want to do with this event is create a place where the spotlight isn't on you if you want to go for a skate. It's right there. It's easy to do. It's free. There's no reason not to. So why wouldn't you? It's like creating this I don't know what I'm more excited about, to be honest. I don't know whether I'm more excited about the skating side of it or just the, the idea of making this public community event where people can come and be a part of it. So I have a date locked in. I've got the green light from the city of Bunbury and I'm now balls deep in the planning process. I really should tidy up how I talk, hey? Now that I'm like doing these things. Nah, dude, I've got to stay, stay loyal to the soil, man. I live by the sword. <clears throat> If I start holding holding back my swear words and, and and being, you know, PG about it, I'm lying to you. You know what I mean? I feel like, see, this is the thing. Pause on the on the roller disco for a second. If I start doing that now, just because I got a bit of following, right? I'm disrespecting the 3,000 people that are already following me by not being the person that they started following. If I start making it PG and for everyone, dude, fuck everyone, right? Fuck everyone. I'm about the people who ride with me. I'm about the people who want this. I'm about the people who relate to this because this is how they communicate. This is because how they think. This is the same voice they have in their head. They're the people that are my people. They're my audience. So I don't want to start censoring myself or holding back because it might stop me from doing potential work in the future. Sure, it might stop me from doing potential work in the future over here. But if I start being this other person for all of those people, then what's the stuff over here that I missed that was mine, that's deserving of me because that's how I operate and that's what I do right? I know that sounds, and dude, this is one of those things where I got to bet on myself. I have to bet on myself. Otherwise, if I start betting on this idea of myself, and then that doesn't turn out, what happens when you get 15 years down the track and I'm doing the, you know, I'm new and old running and I'm doing the GWNU's going, hello, I've never sworn in my life. I don't believe I've even had a dirty thought. It's like, well, you're now never going to know what it was like to live life as you. You're not going to know what that bad motherfucker would have got if you had just stuck being that dude. Now all you know is that you're uncomfortable in suits still, and you knew that before you were swearing, so why'd we go down this path? Anyway, got off the point. I'm excited that I get to make this community thing, and like this is the thing that I keep going back to, man, because like there's something about community that just makes more sense the older that I get, and I think it's this, this like knowledge that we're all experiencing the same thing, and if we don't communicate this experience that we're having, we tend to feel alienated through the experience itself. We tend to have this feeling of like, oh, I'm like I just said before, I feel anxious when there's three people in the cafe and I've got and one of them is like fumbling around with their change and it means that it's gonna take a little bit longer for them to pay for their order, which means the total amount of time that I have to stay in here is now increased by a certain percentage and I'm thinking about all of this and I don't know how to hold my hands and why are my feet pointing in like that? And oh fuck, is that me that I can smell? Oh god, I don't even want coffee, I've already had to. I know that that's not me. That's being a human. And to help me in my life, I like to hear that other people are having human experiences. And to help people in their life, I like to be open and vulnerable 
and explain to them that I'm having human experiences so hopefully they can feel a little bit better about it. Now, what is this in its essence? It's community. It's building a trust circle, even with people that you don't know. It's creating this thing of like, <coughs> it's creating this idea that sure, not everyone can build black ink. Not everyone can do what I'm doing. But you know what I believe? I believe they can. I believe it's entirely possible because I'm human and you're human. In fact, I look at people who do things that I believe I can't do and I humanize them. I appreciate that they're no different from me. The difference between me and them is first an idea, then some faith, then some execution, consistency, resilience, and now look at them. And man, I put this post up about a, about a reel that blew up the other day. Now, I had a reel hit 11,500 views in 12 hours. I got 500 likes, all these comments. Wow. Wow. Right? Yeah, that's what happens when you show up every day. That's what happens when you continue creating. That's what happens when you bet on your own creativity. That's what happens when you do the damn thing. Now, if you said when I first started all this shit that, hey man, you're going to, all of a sudden, you're just going to have something that does 10x what you normally do, right? You're going to have something that just pops off, that everyone just vibes with, something that you created, something that you not only recorded, choose the audio for, put it all together so it feels sexy. It's even going to be one of your friends doing something that you like doing in your hometown, right? And I know that sounds all like, oh, who cares? Think about what I just said. When you see shit popping off, where does it pop off from? It's videos recorded in America doing something crazy, something whatever it is. Dude, I recorded shit that was going on around me, made it look sexy on a video, and it popped off. So these creators that I look at now and I go like, oh, like someone who I really like referring back to is that brand Market. It used to be um, Chinatown Market, but then when coronavirus happened, uh, they changed their name to just Market. Uh, because maybe they were having some negative backlash, having something named after. Anyway, not important. <clears throat> but I remember seeing their page when they had 3,000 followers. And now they've got hundreds of thousands of followers. Now it's easy for me to separate between where my 3,000 and their 300,000. And you go, oh yeah, well they just like make a video making something and everyone all of a sudden wants to buy it and they can make 100 of them, they'll sell out, they can charge whatever they want, all the rest. Yeah, and they once had 3,000 followers. And they had to make those ridiculous videos over and over and over again. They had to watch the analytics. They had to figure out what works. They had to figure out what doesn't work. They had to hone in on the shit they were good at and that, that, and that worked, right? And that's part of the process. And now, if you watch that for long enough and you appreciate what's going on and don't emotionally watch these, but just logically and statistically watch what is going on, you can appreciate the do. Idea, faith, execution, resilience, consistency, You'll get the result. You'll get that result. Now, how this relates to what I was talking about before, I have no fucking idea. I went on a tangent. I went upstream by myself, rowing the boat, having a great time, whistling some song that I never heard to myself, enjoying the view, and now I turn around and look and I'm like, gosh, shit, I don't know where I am, okay? But we're here together, and I thank you for that. Hey, I thank you for watching or listening to my podcast. I've had a lot of people all of a sudden, I think it was following the podcast with Jade, have started listening to some of my solo podcasts and they're reaching out saying, hey, I like this idea. I like what you talked about. I don't agree with this. I, dude, if you're listening to me talk, what is going on? We've made it. Hey, mum, mum, hey, we fucking made it. All right. But <clears throat> the thing about community that I really vibe with as well is that I feel at the moment, as I mentioned before, because of social media and because of this ultimate 
selection we have of interest and bodies and hobbies and bullshit on Instagram and Facebook and Tinder and TikTok and Snapchat. We are very individual, 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 we're very individualistic. Individualistic. We're real solo. And the part, the result of what has happened is I feel like the family unit has fallen apart. The idea of community has fallen apart. This idea where, you know, a town can get together about something or a street can get together about something that they don't like and change, you know, oh, this street doesn't like that, um, you know, they're going to bury all the cables and ruin everyone's lawn. So they, I don't know. I just pretend I made up something that makes sense. But the idea that people can band together and do something physically I feel like that's fallen apart because people feel like they can rely on this idea that they're a part of a Facebook group that has 3 million people that share an echo chamber of stupidity. So therefore their ideas must be valid because there's another 3 million people out there that all feel the same way. But in reality, they're the same people that can't build physical communities or be a part of physical communities and therefore they rely on this online presence. They may be the child of a broken family. They may be a part of a relationship that they're not fucking participating in. They're just replicating the same shit they saw their parents do. Okay? So I find community not like just interesting. I find it essential. And the part that worries me is I don't see people breaking their fucking backs trying to create communities about things that they're in, they, they like doing. So for me, to create a community that's based around skating and based around Bunbury, two things that I'm passionate about that I love doing, it doesn't... It doesn't just like sound fun. It makes sense. It's something that I was almost put here to do. I feel like, of course, I have to make a roller disco. The city of Bunbury reached out to me and said, hey, you've got something kind of cool going on with Black Ink and with the, with the social skating club and all the rest. Do something on, a, on an event level. Do something where the community can be engaged, where we can activate what we have. Right, And by what, what, what I mean by what we have is like the main street, all these utilities, these resources, the community itself, the ability to spread a message. We want to activate all of that. What can you come up with? It would be blasphemy for, to not create a roller disco, to not create something that people would be excited about coming and doing, especially in a lane that I'm already in, a lane that I'm already involved with. Dude, that's my mission from God. Now, nah, I took it too far, but you understand what I'm saying. It's cool. It's cool, man. So on the 28th of January, Saturday, the 28th of January, you can come down to the car park between South, which is now the Southwest Motor Museum and the Art Gallery, which is, of course, just one street back from the main street of town of Bunbury, which is Victoria Street. <clears throat> and between 5 and 9 p.m., you can rock up for free. You bring your skates, you bring your blades, you sign a little waiver, you go in on the rink, you have a good time. We have a DJ, he's spinning tunes. We're playing games. There's people there that can help you if you're not the best skater. You can just be left alone. If you didn't bring your skates, you can hire some skates there. We're going to have a vendor there who has a complete range of hire skates where you can just pay your 5 or $10, get all your protective gear and your skates. You jump on there. If you want some direction, you, there can be someone there to help you. If you just want to go have fun, you go have fun. Mum and dad can go get some food. They can chill out. There'll be areas to sit and relax and enjoy yourself. There'll be bits and pieces going on. So everybody has something to look at, be entertained by, eat, drink, whatever you want. Now, this is a family-friendly event. This is a non-alcohol event. This is an all-ages-are-welcome event. It is a free event. There is no reason not to come. I made that sound like a threat, didn't I? And you know what? It kind of is. You should come. I'm putting in heaps of effort. Hey, am I going to make any money? No. No, I will not. 
Should I? Absolutely, absolutely. But that's not the point. In fact, to be honest with you, and let's talk about it because this is, this is an important part of it. Now, will I be making money? I'm going into it with the assumption that no, I'm not gonna be making any money whatsoever. I'm not trying to make money. Now, obviously all of my effort at the moment is going into the actual logistical side of things. So it's like, right, we need to organize a lighting, uh, lighting towers. We need to organize sound system, security, first aid, water. We need to get the food vendors on site. We need to get our permits. We need to get uh, public liability. We need to get the skate hire. We need to get all the bunding made for the skate track itself. We need to make sure the, the track is clean. All of these things. We need to get seating. We need to get tables. We need to get fake turf. We need to get flags. We need to get banners. Right, all of these things need to happen before, and I mean, all of those obviously have their own order as well. I need to organize liabilities and permits before we go and organize fake grass and chairs. So everything has an order. There's a lot of, lot of phone calls that need to be made. There's a lot of delegating that needs to take place. But point being is, I was gonna get this funded by the city of Bunbury, and as it turns out, the turnaround time that I'm trying to do this in means that we probably won't have access to the amount of money that I need to execute this project. I don't have the money to execute it myself. And as I said, I'm aiming to make this a free event because I don't see this as one event that'll happen. I see this as an event that'll happen twice a year until I die. I see this as something that is so much bigger than me. This is bigger than black ink. This is something that people will get excited about, talk about, look forward to and bring their friends to the next time around. So it's more important for me to create an event that's super valuable and at the same time free to enter than it is making something that's super exciting and you have to pay to get inside of. This is like when you go to these, when you go like I went to the um, to the Mandra full drive uh, boat caravan show. We spent a hundred dollars on entry before we got in. Are you you just so I understand, right? Just so I fucking understand what is going on there. The organizers charge everyone to set up shop there and like to set up a shop there is crazy to get a little square on the oval to set up is crazy a lot of these places have to have their own power which means you're not even supplied amenities you don't have power and water you just fucking get to set up if you need power figure it out yourself right now a lot of these spots they've got like camper vans and caravans and four-wheel drives and all this shit so the bigger the spot the more they're paying so you've probably brought in half a million dollars from people just setting their shit up right and then you monetize the people coming in the gate as well you're taking the mickey, man. How does that work? You're charging the vendors and you're charging the, the audience, the people who walk through. It's unfair. And the thing is, people know that. I'm not gonna be going back next year. And in fact, if I had known the morning of that you had to pay to get in, I'm already paying 40 bucks in fuel to go to your shit. I'm already gonna spend 100 bucks in there on food and piss and walking around and this pair of shoes that I didn't need or whatever. And you're gonna hit me with $100 before I even walk in the gate? Now, yeah, sure, I, I shouted a couple of other people. It should be free entry. It should be free entry, right? That's how I feel. That's how I feel. As a businessman, as an entrepreneur, I understand that they're trying to make money from every single point of view and I don't appreciate getting fucked, right? Because this is how it works. This is how it should work. I know we're going off on a tangent here. I'm getting emotional about it. Fuck it, we're here. Let's talk about it. When you go to one of those shows, right, and you go to Chicken Treat, and you get one of the one of the ham, uh, sorry, one of the chicken and mayo rolls in a drink, and it costs fourteen dollars, right? But when you get it from Chicken Treat normally, it costs nine dollars fifty. Well, that four dollars and fifty cents on top of what they would normally charge you is to cover the fee of being there. That's not like a surplus or a surcharge or something just because they're like, oh yeah, well, you know, it's, it's a Sunday and it's over seventeen degrees or whatever excuse they make up. 
It's not because of that. It's because they had to pay to be there. And their nut is figured out on having all of their expenses covered. So when you throw a new expense in there, they've got to cover it. And usually they've got to double what they need to cover because sometimes there are going to be some ifs, buts, or maybes that they don't see. So you need to cover that money as well. And that's hard to explain if you don't understand how money works. But I'm just fucking, again, don't come to me for information. I'm just giving you the general like run of how I think it works. So that surplus that they're putting on every single transaction that you have. So, you know, you go to buy a pair of Crocs bad example you go and buy you know one of the shirts from the thing and like you most of the okay okay my, my my thing's falling in on itself the point that i'm making is any surcharge that you're already paying is the shit that would have been what should be the entry so you're getting stung by walking in there you go have to you get charged for it you go get your food you pay your 20 percent on top of that because i've got a surplus the only time you really win is when you go around to those things and they're doing like a day special they're like oh if you buy it here today you get this right and most of the time, that's because that stall or that shop or that vendor needs to sell enough shit to not only get the profit margin on each of their products that they have there, but to also cover the 1200 or the 3000 or whatever they spent just being there. So this idea of charging people as they walk in the gate is crazy. Now, I wanna make something that almost doesn't make sense to the consumer, right? So for me, and I'm happy to break this down with you because I'm, as I said, I'm not going in to make money and I am gonna finish that sentence with I probably will make money from it, but hear me out. The way I see it is, if I can get corporate sponsorship to pay for this, so obviously this is gonna be a Black Ink Presents uh, event because I set it up, you know? And no, I'm not gonna pay anything for that sponsorship because it's fucking my event. I'm like, I put it all together. Like, no one else gave me this idea. No one else. Gave, I think Jew from City of Bunbury was the first one to suggest it. Um, sure. So, I mean, you know, Jew, we can talk if you're watching this. But point being is, it's going to be a Black Ink Presents. Now, if there's particular areas in there, like if the food stall area is, you know, give me a business, iLuca Presents, or, you know, BMAC Sands Presents. BMAC Sands hasn't been around for like 15 years, but anyway, showing my vintage there, boys. But... If I can do that and get them to pay for these things that it takes to do this event, then that's awesome. Because all the money has been exchanged, it needs to be exchanged. It's local business, helping local business to execute an awesome event that is for the community, it's for the locals. Now, if I can also charge the vendors to be there, and I'm not talking crazy amount, say I charge them, you know, it's the first time we've had this event, so, you know, you charge them a couple of hundred bucks or a hundred bucks or whatever, and you get 20 of those vendors. Well, then they get to pay for the lighting. They get to pay for the fencing. They get to pay for this or that or the other, right? So then that just means that the only way that I might monetize this whole situation is given the nature of the business that I have, which is garment creation and decoration, I might make some merch tees, you know? I might make some singlets. I might make some, you know, the... Uh, you know, Black Ink Presents Roller Disco or like Roller Disco on the front with a list of all names on the back of all the businesses that helped or whatever and sell those shirts for $50 a piece. And you know what? Just like the dude who set up the chicken treat thing, who owns a chicken treat van, who paid to be there, he's allowed to make money, you know? And I know I kind of sound like I'm defending my ability to make money here, but I think the point that I'm making here is that I'm not even making a point. I'm just excited, dude. I'm just excited. I get, I'm excited that I'm in a position now where not only does my business get to do something like this for the sake of me getting to create shit, but I get to do something in my community, in a space that I'm passionate about, doing something that I like doing. Like, dude, dude, are you fucking serious?
It's crazy. It's crazy. My man. That's like... Oh, also, just before I forget, these bracelets have just gone up on my website. These are my new favorite things. So there's two styles of bracelet. There's one that just says... I'm not sure if you're going to see that on the camera. But that just says black, B-L-X-C-K. And they're white... They're white beads with black letters on them. And then these are all just black round beads. And then we've got this one here that says black ink separated by a bead each. Now these are available on my website and these are made by my friend Piper. Piper is 10 years old and she is a budding young entrepreneur who has decided to create a business for herself creating jewelry. Now, I absolutely love jewelry like this where it quite like, not, not at all uh, in a negative light, looks like it's been made by someone who's 10 years old. I think this is just awesome. It's like such a honest piece of, uh, of art, you know, like how cool is this? And like I asked her to make this and she took the best of her knowledge and she made this. Now these are available on my website for $15 a piece. And the real fun, exciting part about her business is that Piper actually has diabetes. Now Piper named her business Diabede Ease. And you can actually check her out on Instagram. It's at dia.bead.ies. So I love that little bit of creativity, adding that into the name of her business and also being contextual with her life. And just the fact that like I reached out, I messaged her on Instagram and said, hey, here's what I want to do. Would you be interested in making some bracelets for black ink? And she was all over it. She made me uh, five of each just to begin with, see how they go. Um, they've been on my website. I've sold over 50% of them so far. Of course, Riz had to have one. I had to have two. So there isn't too many left, but if you are keen on these, these are something that I'm gonna be stocking regularly. So make sure you jump on and get yourself their $15 free shipping and you get to be part of the club wearing your black ink bracelet. And the cool thing I like about it is there's something about it not being a super expensive bit of jewelry that makes me think that it's gonna last forever. I mean, it's always like that Murphy's Law that it's like, oh, the $15 bracelet that I got made by a 10 year old is something that for some reason is just lasting, you know? And I feel like, it perfectly matches my aesthetic. It kind of, it does and it doesn't make sense. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's cool. It's cool. I just like it. I, and I mean, it doesn't make sense in that, you know, you pull up on the Harley covered in tattoos, looking like a bit of a how you going and you've got on a, a bracelet that's made out of black and white beads. Like, it's just, it's cool. It's the, uh, what do you call it? It's like the, um, oh, when you've got it, it's like the contrarian aspect of it, you know? It's kind of fun. So, Piper, if you're watching this, thank you very much for being a part of my business. I'm super excited to have your products on board and I hope that I sell plenty of them so we both get to grow our business in this particular way. And also, like, how cool is it? Like, I remember when I was, I've spoken about this on the podcast before, my entrepreneurial journey to getting to running, to owning and running Black Ink, but I really started thinking about how I can be making money and how I can make products and what I can do to maximize the amount of money I have for a long time. It probably didn't start as early as 10, but I know by 13, I had my first job. I was working in a stable and I just appreciate someone who's geared that way that young. And maybe she's not trying to make heaps of money. Maybe she's not, you know, it's just a cool thing that she's doing. That's what it is when you're that age. It is just something cool. And that cool thought, that cool way of thinking turns into being a millionaire when you're older because you're geared into something that makes sense and is contextual with the time that you're alive in. I know that sounds like, you know, whoa, big, big picture to be really focusing on right now. But honestly, when it comes down to it, the thing that is going to make your life, uh, not make your life better, that's not the way, an, an easy way to measure how much you're going to be able to do with your life is how much income you're able to get. 
right? And if you can figure out a way young how to get your mind geared to that way of thinking, then it's certainly something that without letting it, you know, completely turn into something that turns into a capitalist fucking nightmare where you're just like, I need to make the most amount of money with the least amount of effort possible and continue to do that and compound it my whole life. If you can find a middle ground where you can monetize something that you're interested in and you can monetize it in a way that allows, it gives you more and more opportunities and more choices, then you should absolutely focus on that because ultimately it's going to give you a life of abundance and choice rather than desperation and, and what do you call it? Uh, lack of choice, you know? So, sorry I went off the deep end there, but again, thank you Piper for making those my business and I look forward to ordering more of you soon. Now, what else have I got to tell you about? I have got a few things going on. They're all a bit hush-hush for now, so I just kind of want to let them sizzle away in the background and when they pop, they pop. I do have a collab piece coming out very soon. I've, I've teamed up with a very cool brand, super exciting. I've actually got two collabs before the end of the year. Both of them are very exciting. Um, the first one, the first one I'm doing a photo shoot for on Saturday morning, got the Harley and the Grum involved. The second one I'm actually doing a photo shoot for on Thursday night, that's gonna be for next Friday. So next Friday, I can tell you about this, I do have an event Coming up next Friday, it's going to be at Julie's Pizza in Victoria Street and the main street of town. Now, we've actually created a beautiful uh, graphic, which is, this is actually a first for me. So what I've done is I've created two graphics uh, for these shirts. The front graphic is like a slice of pizza because, of course, Julie's is a pizzeria. Uh, the front graphic is a pizza with black ink written in sauce on one slice and it's all, you know, the cheese is dribbling off and it's got Julie's written behind it. Super cool. The second graphic, is a pizza that's been cut into eight slices and has black ink, a letter per slice, written on, in source on each slice. So these slices are all separated and you can put them on the shirt however you want. So the front graphic will be the same on every shirt, it'll be the front breast, but on the back, you'll be able to put these slices in whatever order you want. You might want it to look like a normal pizza or you might want slices here, there, here, there, here, there, or you might want slices all in a row spelling out black ink in a straight line. Here's the thing. I'm going to be making the shirts at the event next Friday at Drooly's where we're also going to be doing dollar slices and having like having a full stall there. So you'll be able to come down, you'll be able to see your shirt get made. I'll have a couple other shirts on display as well. And while you're there, you'll be able to cop a pizza. How fucking exciting is this? So if you don't have anything planned next Friday, and in fact, even if you do have anything planned next Friday, I don't care, scrub it off the list, come down to Julie's, we're gonna be there from, you know, five-ish or something until the sun goes down, we're gonna be having fun, playing music, making t-shirts, it's gonna be a full vibe, and I would love to see you down there, creating your own t-shirt and copying one for the collection. How exciting. I've also got my mum visiting for a week next week, so, I'm doing the obligatory cleanup of the yard and making sure everything looks and smells all right. But you know, mum's gonna get here and clean the whole house anyway. So mum, I'm looking forward to having you, of course, but a bit of a stressful week leading up to it. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I've run out of things to talk about. I'm just about due for a nap. It's about 10.30 in the morning for me, so we're hitting that midday point. Hey, it's a rough life. Someone's gotta do it, you know? I hope I haven't gone over the top with any of my ideas today. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and I hope I continue to entertain you and bring you value that isn't anything to do with the world news in a way that, you know what I mean, we're going to take it seriously or anything. You know what I'm saying. I've already said what I need to say. Anyway, be good to you, mum, because I'm fucking out here. <laughs>